0: You're listening to Blast Podcasting, episode 19 Joker Review. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Blast Podcasting. I'm Xander.
1: And this is Anthony. And Xander, I have to ask you something. I hear you got some announcements to make concerning the future of this podcast. Don't worry, it's nothing bad, folks. The podcast is still going on. Oh, like it's yeah. a good announcement, right?
0: Yeah, is is really good. Uh, you know, I've had a lot of listener feedback. A lot of people have asked us since we started the show if Blast Podcasting was going to be on something other than YouTube. Uh they've been like, hey, when's it going on iTunes? When's it going on Spotify? Is it going to be on Stitcher? Uh, you know, iHeartRadio. Well, the the great news is This is our debut episode on all these platforms right now. Uh, Right now, I'm doing a platform called Launchpad DM, and I would say if you're starting a podcast, this is an excellent site to use as kind of like your hub RSS feed to spread your podcast through multiple platforms. And... This is going to be our debut episode. So if you're new, a uh, new listener and you're checking us out on Spotify or iTunes or iHeartRadio or Stitcher, uh, welcome to the show, guys. And if you want to listen to archived episodes, because this is this is episode nineteen, we have like eighteen more episodes. If you want to check that out, you can check us out on our YouTube channels. That's uh youtube.com slash Scullion. and Anthony, your YouTube. Magus one Exactly. You guys can check those out and you can check out all of our archive episodes there. But uh yeah, with that, I'm I'm really excited. It's going to be it's going to be great. And speaking of exciting, uh we got a new trailer last night. Yep,
1: yeah, yep, we got a new trailer
0: for and, uh yeah, Star well, Wars.
1: Star Wars, yeah. Yeah, episode 9. Yeah, and if you want to know our thoughts on Star Wars, go back to Episode 2 from last year. I think we still stand where we stand on that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, Star Star Wars is such a tricky thing because despite everything that's happened with, like, The Last Jedi, and I still have, like, a, a love for Star Wars. Like, I still like Star Wars a lot. Um, what did you think about the trailer, Anthony? Like, did you, you feel like this is kind of... JJ Abrams apology for The Last Jedi.
1: It looks badass, but here's the thing. It's still fucking Disney, and I'm not the biggest fan of Disney, to be honest, guys. Yeah. And that's the problem, is it let's be honest, what the last Jedi trailer was that cool?
0: Yes, it was.
1: But the movie not so much. Exactly. I know I'm a sour on star. On Star Wars but I just I mean there's some amazing fucking visuals in it And such and yeah It's funny my friends and I I tell my friend uh, Cause uh, we went To go see what was it we went to go see Jay and Silent Bob reboot mm-hmm. And Which wasn't as bad as I thought it would be It's better than the trailer But it's not like oh my god Best comedy ever Yeah, um, yeah. but anyway I tell him dude Are we gonna? Are we gonna go see? I said, I don't really think I'm gonna go see Star Wars. He goes, Yeah, dude, we are. And I go, Yeah, we'll probably will. That's probably (laughs) what happens. (laughs) Yeah, I. So with that said, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Sam. I I was gonna say, yeah. With that said, oh (laughs) jeez, Sam, go ahead.
0: Well, I was gonna say, I'm definitely. probably going to get actually not no property probably about it. I'm going to go see Star Wars. Um I am going to see it uh just because I like to see Star Wars in theaters. Like even if it's a bad one. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what exactly this movie's going to be. It's it's got a lot of questionable things. Like I know you, you, I'm not a big fan of the Emperor coming back. That that's my thing. I'm not a big fan of that. Mhm. Because I feel like it kind of defeats the whole purpose of the original trilogy. And, you know, it kind of makes what happened to Vader completely in vain. If that makes any sense.
1: Yeah. And then I heard the rumors of time travel and where the fuck is time travel in Star Wars? Yeah. I mean, Star Trek has time travel that works in it. They don't use it all the time, but they use it enough. For it to be kind of a stable plot device they can use every now and then. But Star Wars? What the hell?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I did see one thing that was kind of interesting. And that was uh, in the trailer. It shows Kylo Ren and Rey destroying the statue. And everyone's talking about Rey holding on to this dagger. Uh, and the dagger, they're thinking that maybe uh, the dagger to Darth Mortis... And if that's the case, then that would explain C-3PO's kind of, like, goodbye to everyone and his red eyes. Because here's, here's the thing. There's there's a little bit of a leak going on. A slight, maybe a spoiler. We don't know. People, people are wrong about these theories. But uh, they're saying that C-3PO gets um, his memory wiped clean because they're using C-3PO to kind of get into the sith database with the mortis dagger uh how does that play into story we're not sure but i mean it is kind of interesting that you know we saw in this trailer c-3po's being like i'm looking at my friends for the last time kind of thing and then like in the other trailer he's got like red eyes you know um yeah and, and and also, I'm like, I'm still wondering what exactly is up with like the Sith Ray that we saw in the last trailer. Like, they show a Sith Ray, and this one they don't show her. Uh, they're a little bit more apt about talking about Palpatine, even though they don't really show him. They showed a throne. There's a scene where you can see Ray, and it looks like she's confronting someone in a robe uh, for a split seconds. Some mm-hmm. people are saying that's Palpatine. Some people are saying it's like other things, but. Yeah, the whole thing with Palpatine coming back, like I said, overall, I feel like that makes Darth Vader's and Anakin's saga like in vain. Because of course, we're gonna have bad guys in Star Wars. Like that's the drama. We're always yeah, you gonna have to. Yeah, you're gonna always have bad guys. But the whole thing about you know the Last Jedi or Return of the Jedi, I should say. The whole thing about Return of the Jedi was the return of Anakin Skywalker and defeating the Sith, you know. And this is like, yep. oh, well, yeah, yeah, we defeated him, but yeah, he's back.
1: The, the problem with this new trilogy, Xander, I, I think you nailed it. Is there's a sense of redundancy in this new trailer, in this new trilogy? My bad. And even with Last Jedi, you know, it was trying to be. It's it's uh, it was trying to be its empire right yeah that's the problem say what you will about the prequels at least the prequels had a very different plot than the original trilogy yeah and they should have they should have made these movies vastly different and made new bad guys um in fact you look at the expanded universe which i know a little bit of about a little bit about and in the expanded universe you know there are the the Republic was was reborn after the rebellion one. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a development forward. And they were fi- the rebels were actually remnants of the Empire. So they kind of switch roles and all that. And they introduced new characters. And as the books went along, they introduced a whole new b- group of villains. From what I heard was these insect aliens that the force didn't work on. Yeah. They were these insect Aliens that were immune to the Force. So, I mean, they made all these – and they can manipulate the Force against people. So they made all these new villains in this expanded universe, but these ch- movie trilogies didn't do anything like that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird because it's like Disney has definitely always been trying to play it safe. Uh, the Last Jedi, I think that was them – at that point, not playing it safe and trying to do their own thing. But the thing is, is they're doing their own thing and they had no idea what to do uh, because The Force Awakens, you know, looking back, I, I don't like it as much as I did when I first saw it. Uh, but it was yeah, same ba- here. It wasn't a bad movie. It really wasn't. And it, it kind of like my like, okay, we got this new guy Snoke, Who's Snoke. This is mysterious, you know. And then you have the remnants of, you know, the original trilogy with, you know, Han Solo and Princess Leia, Chewbacca. So you got that little nostalgia going in there and you have introduction of new characters. And then, you know, you had that last scene at Force Awakens with Luke with the lightsaber and you're just like, "Oh my god." And then the movie stops. And then in the Last Jedi, best metaphoric way ever, that scene was completely shot down with Luke throwing the lightsaber behind him. That was his dad's fucking lightsaber. It's like what the hell, you know? So the Last Jedi was this uh, a mess. I mean, they they killed off Snoke. Are, is Snoke going to be something a part of the 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 new movie or the Rise of Skywalker? Are we gonna are we gonna find out who the out fuck
1: what's... was he? What... Yeah. Who the fuck was he? What what was why was he important? At least in with the Emperor, they hint in the if without the prequels that he was a former senator who took over. Yeah. Yeah, but who the fuck was Snoke? We, we know why did he form this group? What the fuck? They You know, why is he why does he have force powers? Yeah. Who the fuck was Snoke?
0: yeah that, that that's that's the biggest thing like snoke and, and where the fuck is the knights of wren we've been hearing about the knights yeah. of wren and like where are they
1: <laughs> we heard about it before even episode fucking uh episode seven came out yeah we heard about the knights of wren and it's like what is this and and of course don't if you're hardcore Star Wars. Don't go tell me. If you want to find out Snoke, go read his novel. No, don't. He should have at least like, explained a little bit in the movie. I don't need to go and read a fucking novel yeah. about Snoke. Nor would I want to because he's not that interesting. It seems. Well, maybe he would be, but I, that's not my point. I shouldn't yeah. have to read a book.
0: Yeah, it should be a little bit more narrative to it, uh, especially you know killing him off like they did with with nothing really being answered, but. I think I think before before we move on, I will say. Um, so so, are you excited, Anthony? Or are you just curious about the new Star Wars?
1: I the trailer was good, mm-hmm. so it got me a little excited, but I still have trepidations about it. A lot of trepidations about it. My bad. And I will probably go see it. I'm more curious, I think, than I am excited to be quite honest.
0: That's that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I, I'm, at, I'm at that point where I was just like, well, I've seen them all anyway. Might as well go see this one. You know, I'm like, I'm excited, and I, I like that J.J. Abrams is back on, on front because, like I said, Force Awakens wasn't a bad soft reboot from Disney. Uh, I just hope that, you know, a lot of questions, I hope a lot of them get answered. And if this is, you know, indeed the quote-unquote last of the saga, I hope it has a good ending to
1: it. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's let's see what happens. I I really don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're
0: trying to sell so, toys, sell toys and theme park rides. <laughs>
1: yeah, which I ha- heard hasn't been doing very well. <laughs> but but so uh,
0: going back uh, to a show that I've been really interested in that you've been watching, I wanted you to talk about is uh, the new Watchmen show. Was it on HBO? Right.
1: Yep, Yes sir and I watched it uh, The other No I watched it yesterday on demand Because I have HBO and it's pretty fucking good I will definitely not spoil this one Because it's still new mm-hmm. um, the, What's interesting about Watchmen now at this point Is It's got two sequels But when everyone says oh two sequels It's the second and third No they've got two separate sequels Essentially I know Dave said this is a remix or whatever. This is a sequel to the original comic book, this series. This series is, hands down, a sequel to the comic, okay? hmm And what I mean by that is essentially uh, my fucking iPad, Xander. I have to tell the story. When I was saying this series, I got a new iPad. Siri went fucking on.
0: <laughs> I heard it in the background. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I had to shut her up. Um, But in this series, um, (laughs) in this television series, it is a sequel to Watchmen set in 2019. So it's set a good 30 or so years after, 35 years, I think, after the original. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, in the comics, you have Doomsday Clock, which is also a series to the original comic book. However, that one is about the Watchmen characters clashing with the DC universe. Hmm. So, and that it's really good actually. I mean, I, I was very skeptical of it. It's written by Jeff Johns, who's one of my favorite comic writers, but it is actually really well done and it makes perfect sense. As uh, you know, and then you go to uh, this series, and this is a sequel. Remember, though, these sequels rep- re- represent the original ending to Watchmen in the comic, the ending to Watchmen in the movie is different. But the same, but different. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. there's, there's okay. subtle differences.
1: Well, no, the ending's a big difference. You Because you read the comic, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I'll say it, because the movie's over, what, 10 years old at this Yeah, time? yeah. And the series is, uh, and the comic book is over 30. In the comic book, to stop nuclear war, Ozymandias, he... Created a big, huge alien mutant creature, and he teleported it into New York. And when the creature died, it used a telepathic wave to wipe out a good amount of the population, right?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, because it's the squid monster. And then if you go back to the movie, he uses Dr. Manhattan, a a wave that simulates uh, Dr. Manhattan to do the same thing. So essentially, he does he does the same thing in the in the movie as he does in the comic, but different methods. And then, of course, in the movie, Night Owl gets pissed when Manhattan kills Rorschach and stuff like that. In the comic, that's not. He ends up sleeping with fucking uh, Silk Spectre again while that's <laughs> all happening. So yeah, it's it's real weird. But the movie is a sequel. The TV series is also a sequel to the book. Because can I say one thing? Yeah. That's kind of a little bit of a spoiler. I'm not going to give the big spoiler, though, obviously. Um, Sometimes when it rains, it rains squids. So there's still an effect of the squid monster going on.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. And then the big thing in in this series is it touches a lot on race. Yeah. Race is a big thing. It actually opens... With a historical event, the Oklahoma Tulsa riot, which actually happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a big part of the of the series. So it's it's really fucking good. Um, I was I'm pretty happy with it. Um, So there's that. I, I think it's off to a really good start. I wish I could say more than I did, but I won't. But yeah, it's. It's off to a really, really good start, and I think this is going to be the next big HBO thing going on right now, along with uh, Westworld, because they don't have Game of Thrones anymore, obviously.
0: Yeah, and, and, and you know the thing is, too, uh, I've, I've always loved the Watchmen movie. Uh, I know a lot of people, including my sister, because I went to go see Watchmen with my sister and my brother-in-law at the time. They're no longer married, but we all went to go see Watchmen, and we went to go see it, and I remember when that movie was over, I was like, holy shit, that was amazing. And them, on the other hand, they were just like, what, this was not the kind of movie we were expecting. And I think that's the, I think that's what I like about Watchmen, is Watchmen is a different kind of superhero movie. It's not a Marvel movie, you know, it's not Iron Man. It's, It's more of a dark, kind of realistic, if superheroes actually existed, this is probably how they would act, sort of thing. Yeah, without getting too superficial, like the X Men, you know, it gets kind of that way in some aspects. But I, I really liked it. I liked Watchmen. Uh, I'm looking forward to the series. Uh, I don't have HBO, but you know, I'll definitely find a way and check it out. Because, like I said, I, I liked Watchmen. So it is
1: At Watchmen. Watchmen is. Really, if you look at it, what if, uh, you look with Alan Moore's pieces, it's really a sort of not sequel, but a spiritual follow up to Miracle Man. Yeah. And that's the thing. Both of those are very deep stories. Alan Moore is a pretty good fucking writer. His story has a lo- his stories always have a lot of depth to him, um, you know. He does get dark, even Killing Joke. You know that has a lot of depth to it. Um, His two Superman stories are say a lot too. I mean, he's just a great writer. I don't agree with him. uh, I don't agree with him on his views on the comic book industry. Mm -hmm. But I think he is overall a pretty fucking good writer, and Watchmen is really one of it's a testament to comic books. I mean, I started reading it a little bit again after watching the series and I got into it quick. So
0: Yeah, I need I but, need I need to go back and read oh, the graphic novel. I haven't read it in years. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, you do. It's it's really good. So, Xander, being that Watchmen is dark and realistic, that's not the only dark and realistic comic book movie out right now. Well, comic book thing right out right now, right?
0: Yeah, it's actually, you know, the the main topic of the episode. And I, I do wanna say this is going to be a spoiler review. And, you know, Joker has been out long enough that I feel like the people that really wanted to see the Joker have already seen it. If you're one of those people like, oh, I'm waiting, I'm just gonna wait for it to go on, you know, Red Box, I will just rent it one day. The world isn't gonna stop for you. I'm sorry. I, I hate to sound rude about that, but you know, media's already been talking about it it's been out for a while and you and i were like okay we we got to talk about joker cuz i know we've talked about joker a little bit in previous episodes when they first you know started announcing the show, the, the movie with Joaquin Phoenix and Fuck, stuff like we've that
1: been, we've been talking about it since we started this show yeah i mean yeah we've been we really been talking about it since Ooh. probably november of last year I think I remember we brought it up a lot when we did our Aquaman review. Yes, we did earlier this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so my whole thing on that is, I don't know, man. It's it's something that's been part of our narrative for the for the uh, podcast, and we get to end that narrative today. So
0: exactly. Now, yeah the the Joker, uh, or just Joker. I keep wanting to call it the Joker, but joker uh you know that the story is kind of interesting because you know it's not quote unquote following any sort of comics even though i think you can agree that there's definitely some comic influences in this movie uh you know following yeah. following arthur fleck who is you know this kind of uh guy that's down on his luck taking care of his mom he's working you know a clown temp service like <laughs> That's what it looked like to me like he was like working as a clown but you know beginning of the movie you know he's a sign guy and then you know at one point, he's you know inside of a children's hospital and you know trying to make people laugh, and that, that's that's something else that he has some weird condition where it's an actual condition. Uh, it's actually being looked at more, like people are finding out more about that. There's a condition where you know people laugh, they can't control their laughter when they have a lot of anxiety or they're really upset. He has that, and uh, a lot of people have been talking about how dark. This movie is i mean how, how would you say anthony is it is it a pretty dark movie
1: oh fuck yeah it is and that's why i loved it i mean look we cannot put ourselves in a box with superhero movies and i think that's what people have been trying to do to emulate the MCU. you cannot do that and we need more films like this and logan yeah is another one and i think yeah, we need films that really break it down. I think that's why like the Watchmen TV series that we just talked about is great and why Joker is great. And Yeah, Joker is a very complicated film too. It's it's it has a lot of red herrings in it. Mm-hmm. That really when they are revealed to be as red well, they has one big red herring. So let me let me give you this example real quick, Xander, okay? Yeah. Joker lives across the hall from a woman who's a single mother, mm-hmm. and he ends up, he get, when he, he murders a few guys in the subway, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. That's a key, important scene, too. Yeah. And he gets confidence, so he goes and he kisses her, and they become a couple. And you see her with him in several situations, like one out for a date, one at a diner, and then his mother is in the hospital, and she's there waiting for him. And it's all there, but then he goes into the apartment, and it's tr- and she freaks out, and it's revealed that his relationship with her was all in his fucking head. Yeah. Which makes sense, because I was like, she seemed too one-dimensional in those scenes mm-hmm. with him. And I was wondering, this guy is dejected by everybody. Why would she date him anyway? And but it makes sense how they did that.
0: Yeah, because I mean, you think about it. uh, You know, when they first encountered each other, they were in the elevator, and you know, she kind of did that whole like gun to her head, like blowing her brains out, like "Oh my God, kill me now!" Because the buildings like put the shit. Because right now. In that movie, Gotham's on like on a sanitation strike. So Gotham just looks like shit. There's like trash bags everywhere, like no one's picking up after themselves. And she's just like, Oh my God, shoot me now. And then when they get out and he's like, Hey, and she turns around and he does the same thing, but he does it like really graphic and she just kinda looks at him like, What the fuck? and goes back. Like that was it's like right after that happened, then it's like, Oh, well, what are you doing tonight? Like it was like a really weird like forced love story and I was just kind of like this is kind of this is kind of weird you know
1: Yeah it it felt it felt like this doesn't fit in the movie but it made sense though the way they did it in the end
2: Yeah cuz it felt
1: like it was one Oh go ahead
0: No I was about to say cuz you know very early on we find out that he's we already see some of his illusions in his head like when he was uh you know with his mom and that show came on the talk show with Robert De Niro when that came on and he was like in the crowd and he was talking about his mom and you know the the host was like oh you're such a good son and blah, blah blah and you then you find out it was just all in his head so very early on in the movie you know you have the the social worker you know counseling him and then you have like this apparent very very apparent like uh extra world that he lives in you know
1: yeah yeah, and it's it's crazy how that all works out for him too, mm-hmm. with with the world he lives in. Um, that Robert De Niro De Niro plot is interesting because there's two key influences to that. Now that you bring that up, this film reminds me of two things: the thing with the um, the situation with the talk show host, Martin Scorsese's King of Comedy, and Dark Knight Returns. Now, King of Comedy. You've never seen that, correct? Right. Okay. So with King of Comedy, it's a Scorsese film, ironically enough, starring Robert De Niro. And he plays a failed comedian who loses it, and to get attention, he goes after And he abducts a similar talk show host played by Jerry Lewis. Mm -hmm. So that's one element. And then the other element is... In Dark Knight Returns, Joker actually kills the host of a talk show, of a late night show, and he kills all the people in there.
0: Yeah, I do remember that.
1: Yeah. So there's there's two elements with the talk show host that you can, you can simply see. I, I know it's a reference to King of Comedy because they got De Niro as the host and he was in King of Comedy. So I don't He's- know what you think about that, though.
0: I was like, he was also in Taxi Driver, which is another uh parallel that a lot of people have drawn for the inspiration of Joker. A lot of people have compared it to uh Taxi Driver.
1: Yep. Yep, and he's involved in this movie.
0: Very very much involved. Uh you know that that's you know, getting to like something that I didn't like about the movie, I, I and I do change my opinion on it, but I did I do want to mention it for the sake of the review. Uh that talk show scene at the very end when you know him and and the host are kind of confronting each other um, at first i was just kind of like man this is this is like this is the part where the movie gets kind of like unrealistic I mean, not saying the movie is like very realistic, but it's it's a lot more realistic than than most superhero movies. But it was getting to the point where, like, you know, he was talking about all the people, like like the three guys he killed in the the subway. He was talking about that. He was talking about this, that, and it was just getting to the point where it was just like, okay, they're, they're probably going to turn him off, you know, because it's live television. They're going to turn right. him off. But they kept going and going, and it got to the point where you know he snapped when you know he had that book of you know, his life. And, and the guy was like, what is that? Like, you know, a book of jokes. And I'm like, and I remember my, my girlfriend said, she was, she said it right when he said, that, is that just a book of jokes? She's like, that's the book of his life. And I'm like, holy shit, you know? And then he like blows the dude's brains out. And I was like, this wouldn't happen. But then I, I did remember something, you know, this movie does take place in the late seventies, early eighties. And they did not have Time delay for live television back then. A uh, great example would be uh, the tragic event of the Challenger, uh, the the space shuttle launch. Uh, you know, everyone saw what happened with that because there was no time delay. Yeah. Also, uh, the politician, I believe he was the treasurer, uh, Bud uh, Dollar, when he committed suicide yep, on live yep. television. Uh, that was also live on television because it didn't have time delay. So. The more I thought about it, I was like, okay, well, or yeah. Or the
2: Christine
1: Chubbuck case.
0: Yeah. I was like, okay, this this makes a little bit more sense. But when I first saw that, I was kind of like,
1: what? No, no, no. You know? Well, there's several times, too, if you remember. They, the, I guess the a producer asks for the show for them to cut him off. Yeah. And De Niro refuses. And I think also part of that is – that character, that talk show host's hubris going into overdrive, thinking that he can nail this guy himself, mm-hmm. because he starts interrogating him. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't decide to, you know. Everyone's like, "Shut off, shut off," but he decides to try to confront him and go after himself, which ends up, you know, killing him in the end.
0: Yeah. Now, another thing I wanted to talk about. Because uh, th- this is something I feel like it's really separated, um, the moviegoers that know Batman and the comic readers that know Batman. I feel like this is something. I know this okay. is. I know this is Joker, but this is something I feel like that really separates a lot of people because one of one of. Reviews that I saw, of this guy he he did he did a Joker review, and one of his things is you know he had this premeditated thought about Joker, you know that he was always a criminal mastermind, and he falls in chemicals and turns into the Joker, and he like saw that movie, and he saw the the big spoiler right here, the deception of Thomas Wayne sees the way Thomas Wayne is, and he was like this doesn't make any sense that the Waynes would be uh, like the villain. In this movie, like Thomas Wayne is the quote unquote bad guy, of course, this is all through the the perspective of Joker you're watching it through his perspective. I mean, the whole movie has him in it it's not like a build up, and all of a sudden like oh yeah, Arthur Flex showing up, he's always in every single shot, you're following him like you're on his shoulder and and seeing the way Thomas Wayne is and that just like, he was like, man, that just destroys the whole origin of like Batman I'm like, it really doesn't.
1: So the Waynes haven't always been portrayed as sunshines and butterflies, you know. Yeah. So, so I don't get why that guy. And in, in, in fact, it's it's really hard to tell with Thomas Wayne in the film if his motives are good or bad. Mm-hmm. You can't really tell. You know. Um, so that's how I look at it.
0: Yeah. For for me, Thomas Wayne was your stereotypical politician. You know, he was the guy that, you know, the movie really, really narrows down on classism. That that's, Classism and mental illness is the biggest narrative in Joker. And, you know, he is this politician guy. He is, you know, like every politician looking out for the greater good for himself. Uh, so, I mean, like he, you know, three people in the subway get killed. He's going to get in front of the camera and talk about that. That's what turned in. That's what turned the whole clown riot. Uh, there, right there. But, I mean, I could see why he would be looked at as a villain, but at the same time, I was just like, I don't really see him as being a bad guy, you know? Like, he's just a politician.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly, that's a good point. That was a weird review, too, that you were telling me about.
0: Yeah, it made, it made no sense. It was almost like when the, when the guy was doing the review, it was almost like he was expecting it to be based off tim burton's batman you know because he was just like what the fuck? yeah because he was like yeah joker's always been you know a criminal mastermind and then he falls in the chemicals and turns into a criminal mastermind even more and i'm just like well i mean if you really look at it the similarities between joker and say the killing joke are are pretty parallel you got a you got a failed comedian and uh you know he has one bad day You know that was in this case Arthur Fleck has one bad life. You know, finding out that his whole life's a lie from his mom that he took care of, and uh, you know, no longer getting medical assistance from the system because they're pulling funds out. And uh, at one point, thought that Thomas Wayne was his dad because his mom was just completely loony and was like, "Oh, you're you're you know Thomas Wayne's son," and. That's that's that was kind of it. You know, that's when he became Joker. He was no longer Arthur Fleck anymore.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I agree with that. And you're absolutely right. And this guy who says that Joker's a criminal mastermind, this is the thing with DC characters, and I've explained this to you, but I think it needs to be repeat saying. Marvel characters kind of remain a little bit more static than the DC characters. Not saying that there's anything wrong with that, right? Right. And I'm talking about comic books. Okay, that's just how Mar- Marvel works. DC on the other hand, they they go through reboots and and changes and of Joker like Batman have existed. The insane Joker is a more modern interpretation, I would say. Going back to not really more modern. Dark Knight returns, they still say it's modern era comic. That comics over 30 years ago. It's not modern, guys. Um but that interpretation of Joker, I think they also borrowed elements from because that Joker is purely insane. Um, but yeah, he's not the guy who just falls into the chemical vat all the time. Yeah. You know? And there's no defining origin for the Joker. The Joker even says in the killing joke, which does have an origin, he says, If I had an or- a bat if I had an origin, I would be multiple choice. Exactly. Do you remember that line?
0: Exactly, and even that goes back to like the Dark Knight. You know Heath Ledger's Joker. He tells three different stories about how he got the scars.
1: Exactly. You know, uh, and which I know you're not a big fan of that Joker, right? <laughs> Still. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm. You know, here's here's the thing. Like, and, and I'll get a lot of flack for this, but uh, I know a lot of people they they don't want to compare Heath Ledger to Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, or they don't want to compare it uh but i i think Joaquin Phoenix like nailed it as the joker compared to like Heath Ledger like i liked i liked Joaquin Phoenix a lot more than Heath Ledger's joker cuz Heath Ledger's joker was like pure anarchy a uh, hired hand you know if you do something good don't do it for free you know kind of guy very sinister or Arthur Fleck man i mean there was parts in that movie that he hadn't even transitioned to the joker and he was already already the joker there's a scene in that movie, and there's many scenes in that movie that I feel like there's this tremendously artistic, beautiful cinematography and symbolism. Uh, you know, one of one of my favorite scenes is, of course, when Arthur Fleck confronts Thomas Wayne about like that they could possibly be. Father and son, and Thomas Wayne's like, I am not your father, and it gets to the point where he punches him in the face. I'm like, that is totally like Batman and Joker right there. When Joker's like, you created me, and Batman's like, No, the fuck, I didn't. That was like so much symbolism there, and also in the scene where you know he goes to Wayne Manor and he's looking for Thomas Wayne, and of course, there's Bruce Wayne, and they're the only thing that separate him is the gates to Wayne Manor. And to me, that was oh, yeah. like, I was like, oh, my God, this is like Joker and Batman confronting each other in Arkham Asylum. Cause
1: and he, you have your uh, Alfred cameo, too.
0: Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, this is this is amazing, because even young Bruce Wayne is kind of looking at him like, what the hell is wrong with you? Why are you like this?
1: That's yeah. He's like, what the hell? When he gives him the flowers and shit.
0: Yeah. I thought that was I thought that was beautiful. That was that cinematography and that symbolism. I was like, "Oh man, I, I got goosebumps from from watching that part of the movie. I was like, "Oh man, this is this is really really cool. This is awesome."
1: Yeah, it's a it's got a lot of scenes. We should talk about the subway scene. Yes, though as well. That's very important because that subway scene is so, sort of a social commentary on how we how the media treats death and such. And I'm it's gonna make me sound like a complete asshole, in my viewpoints on it, okay, Xander? Okay. But that's okay. I'm already an asshole, so there you go. Um, <laughs> um in the subway scene, these guys, these guys who work for Wayne Enterprises are harassing this woman and they start to know this Joker and they have a confrontation where they're beating him and then Joker kills one of them. And then he ends up killing the other two. And then all of a sudden on the media, the media are making these guys like these were kind, gentle people, right? Mm-hmm. When anyone dies in the media, that's always the words. He's down to earth. He's gentle. This is where I'm going to make me sound like an asshole. No, they probably weren't. You're just saying that out of respect. And I get that, but, that shows how media the media treats death that any time a death happens all those person's flaws are ignored and they're put on a pedestal
0: mhm no i agree
1: yeah and that's what that movie said because those guys were not gentle souls from what we saw
0: no they weren't and it was like you know that moment i remember when that moment he killed those people that was that was the first time that he did something for himself that was the first mm-hmm. time that he defended himself and stuck up for his, his self. And it's really weird because, like, you, when you watch the movie, you'll find yourself rooting for him. But in the back of your head, you're like, man, this is really fucked up. But when I saw him kill those people, I'm like, fuck yeah, man. You know, because they were, like, trying to rape that chick. And, and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't trying to do it. He was trying to, you know, just not even look. He wasn't trying to be involved in it. Like Arthur was, just like man, I just got fired from my job. I don't even want to be involved in this. But he has that laughter. You know, he starts laughing because he's got bad anxiety. He starts laughing about it, and that's when it draws attention to him. And they start trying to, you know, poke fun at him and start beating him up. And that's when he uses that gun. Which I, I will say, uh, getting into some of our favorite parts of the movie. One of my favorite parts of the movie is actually when he he gets the gun. Because of his sign being stolen in the beginning of the movie, he gets the gun from one of the guys that he works with, and he, right. he has the gun in his pocket when he's dancing and doing his little show for the children's hospital, and it falls out of his jacket, and he picks it up, and he's got kind of his, he puts his finger up to his mouth, like shh, like don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> that part, I saw that, and it was just like, oh god, this is this is kind of funny. <laughs>
1: It is, and it's it, it's sad too at the same time, which is crazy. Which is what the what the point of the Joker is. Yeah, you know, there's some there there's a scene. I got a little pissed off because of the audience, but not the movie itself, but with the way the audience reacts. There's a scene where I agree with you that your scene was funny, but there's a scene where the guy who gives Joker the gun, Joker kills him.
2: Yeah, and there's that
1: little that little uh, little guy. And mm-hmm. he freaks out, and everyone thought it was funny because it was it. He was trying to unlock the door, and he would just happened to be a little person. Yeah, and I didn't find it funny. I found it a guy terrified for the for his life, man.
0: Yeah, and, and you. But you know what? When I saw that scene, I'm like, this is classic Joker. Mm-hmm. That's something that like that was just very very Joker like. That Joker would let you know someone escape like that but have to fight for it in that regard that scene that scene was that scene was fucked up
1: yeah and people were laughing in the audience because i went to go see it in the theaters Mm -hmm. what the hell you know (laughs) yeah it just i just yeah it, it, it just was really fucking weird but anyway um that scene was really good and it was it showed that Joker had a little bit of humanity in mm-hmm. him still because he's all you're the only one who was really kind to me.
0: Yeah. Which which I mean a lot of people don't realize. I mean, Joker is a bad guy and he's insane, but Joker has done, you know, some things in the comics that you're just kinda like, What the fuck? You know? Like he's done like little things like that too. Um I mean, Yeah,
1: you you know what? Oh, go ahead.
0: No, 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 Go ahead.
1: Okay, so there's a debate in uh, Killing Joke where this is going to be pretty fucked up, but we're talking about a fucked up movie as it is anyway. Yeah. Joker cripples Batgirl, right? Right. And then he strips her of her clothes and he takes photographs of her. Mm-hmm. People think that Joker raped her. I don't think he did because – here, this is gonna. I'm not condoning any of this or any of that. But what I'm saying is, that would have been too straightforward for the Joker to do. Yeah, it would have made. I'm not condoning rape. I, it would have made kind of sense, but he didn't do that. He just took the pictures, and that was that. That's because that's how the Joker thinks. It's not something you would expect him to do.
0: Yeah. No, no, I agree. Like, when it comes to that scene, I always thought that he just did it for the shock value.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it had, yeah, and that's that's how I look at this, at this Joker. This Joker does a lot of things that don't make sense, you know? Um, like, when he literally confesses in the, in the, going back to the interview, you know? Mm-hmm. Or when it's revealed that, you know, he was never dating that woman in the first place and he just went into her apartment for her comfort, but why would he when she existed in his head?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's one of the most heaviest superhero movies I've seen in a very long time. Uh, you know, I wouldn't even... I agree. I, I don't even know if I would even classify it as a superhero movie. Yeah. Uh, because when I hear when people hear superhero movies, they think of MCU. But yeah, it was it was really heavy. Now, now let me ask you this yeah. before before we get into our like a score that we would give this movie. Uh, there's always the possibility, even though they said this is a, a one time movie, that there's not they're not going to expand in this. But if they did expand it, and we had. Batman how do you think Batman would fit in this world of Joker do you think he would
1: I honestly don't know and I hope they don't I honestly don't know I honestly don't know I think they should not make a sequel to it
0: yeah cause I I, I feel like it would lose some of its charm if they started building on top of it uh and and the kind of movie it was like I can't imagine a guy dressed as Batman in that movie.
1: Yeah, it would have to yeah, be that. I,
0: I agree. It, that. it would have to be the most different Batman that moviegoers have ever seen. And when I say that, it would have to be a Batman that doesn't have a utility belt that has everything. He wouldn't have a Batmobile. He would be a just a straight up vigilante if he was in that movie.
1: Yeah, I I really don't know. And again, I kind of hope they leave it standalone. If they make a sequel, I'll obviously go see it, but I hope they leave it as is. Honestly, it's a character study of a comic book villain Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: that's what it should be. And what the movie should do is not necessarily be part of any connected universe, but enhance your exploration of this complex character. As is, you know, when yeah. you go explore other Joker shows, you should think about this film and see not necessarily that other Joker's origin, but just to see how it can tie into elements of that character's mental process.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I definitely don't. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be connected to a new uh, Batman movie that's coming out. That's going to be completely different. Uh and we haven't really heard too much about that. Uh, other than We got Riddler. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. And I believe Catwoman yeah. too. I think Catwoman got confirmed. I think it's uh Lenny Kravitz's daughter.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I heard about that.
0: But yeah, I I'm wondering what exactly what that movie's gonna be about. I I was telling a uh I was telling a customer at my job, uh we were talking about Comic book movies, and I, I tell him, and I stand by this. I am always nervous when there is a new superhero movie coming out, and they have a bunch of villains. That always makes me nervous.
1: Well, with Catwoman, that's a whole different beast. She, oh yeah, she yeah. Can alternate, yeah. But they only have Riddler so far, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, because I mean that that's that's my thing. Like Cat Catwoman's an exception because she's a wild card. You know, she's she's yeah. She's a wild card, but... And that's the reason why, you know, Batman Returns worked out so good. You know, they had Penguin and Catwoman. It worked out because she was kind of like the anti-hero in certain aspects, but she still gave Batman some some problems. But, you know, when you have, like, Two-Face, the Riddler, and then, like, you know, Batman and Robin had, you know, Bane, Poison Ivy, Mr. Freeze, you know, and Spider-Man 3 yeah. had, you know hobgoblin sandman venom you know it's just it gets too much it's way too much
1: yeah i agree i agree 100 percent with that
0: so wrapping up the show anthony what what would you give joker like what score would you get like a one out of ten
1: a ten i think i don't see any flaws in that movie myself
0: yeah same at first, you know, I thought the 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 last scene with the talk show, I thought that was going to be kind of, like it took me a while and I'm glad we kind of waited before we made this podcast talking about it because at first I I was like that's what gives it a nine. I was just like cuz that's just, that just wouldn't actually happen. That's just that make I felt like it took the cuz the movie isn't that realistic, but it took what realism it had and kind of made it more Hollywood at that point. But then I thought started really thinking about it, I'm like, oh no, that that actually makes sense. So yeah, I definitely give it a ten. Yeah,
1: yeah, great movie. If you haven't seen it and you decided to spoil it yourself, go see it because this is what I believe with spoilers. Even if you spoil yourself on the movie, it's not the same as watching it.
0: Yeah, we we talked about this movie for you know o- almost an hour. We talked about it, but even like the stuff that you and I have talked about, I'm like thinking about it in my head, and it's still not doing the movie justice. There's still so many elements to this movie that I feel like that if you haven't seen it and you already know about it like oh I already knew about the scene I already knew about that you need to go see it because it's definitely in my opinion it's one of the best movies we've had in a very long time when it comes to just Agreed. modern cinema it's it's that good
1: yeah and it's I'm surprised that it made as much money because the move the superhero co- uh, audience is not they like dumb fun this is not dumb fun <laughs> Although there were controversies around it, I guess so.
0: I believe a lot of the controversy was uh, built up po- uh, publicity, though. I really do. Yeah, I, I was like, so I was telling a lot of people, it was just like, it was just kind of like one one person was in the in the media chair, and you're like, you know what? Let's let's stir some controversy. This is this is going to make people go crazy, and then everyone you know fed into it. I really don't think it's that bad.
1: No, I agree with you. 100%. So, so Xander, what I was gonna say is while we finish the Joker, our next show is our anniversary show, right?
0: Indeed, indeed.
1: We have something special planned. We kind of changed our plans from what we wanted to do because of some technical issues. We may still do it someday, right? Yeah. But, but we think what we have planned is special enough for us and it'll it'll really really be a lot of fun i think Mm -hmm. so i don't know do you have anything to say about our anniversary show
0: it's it's gonna be a lot of fun it's gonna be a lot of fun and and it's crazy to think we've been doing this for a year now
1: i know one year since our what first castlevania episode and still no season three what the hell is it
0: yeah i don't get it
1: yeah who knows
0: but, oh well, yeah. What but, you do? It? Yeah. But anyway, guys, uh, I think this is going to wrap up another episode of Blast Podcasting. And again, if you guys are listening to us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, uh, you can check out our archive episodes on our YouTube channels. And I'll have all that in the link in the description below to this uh, episode. And as always, guys, thanks for listening, and we'll be blasting off to the next episode.